You are listening to the 12 Stone Podcast. For more information on our eight locations or service times, please visit 12stone.com. Now enjoy Pastor Kevin Myers as he delivers What's Better Than Jesus. Hey, what's going on, 12 Stone fam? Hey, we're out here uh, in Jefferson. We got some uh, fun coming your way, I believe. Uh, Timmy has asked us to come out here for some reason, but anyway, we're going to find out here soon. We're going to be doing our social distancing, of course. Got to keep it safe. So, got about six feet from me and the camera guy right now. But hey, before we turn our attention to Kevin Myers, we're going to go ahead and release our kiddos to go ahead and get your videos going. So, parents, you can help them get your iPad or an iPhone, something like that. Go to 12stone.com, scroll down. You're going to click on video presentations there. Kids, all your cool videos are in place. You can check those out. Why, adults, let's go ahead and turn our attention to Kevin. I'm going to get back to whatever this is. All right, tip. So welcome to 12 Stone Online and this uh, ongoing saga of shelter in place. And with it, the ongoing entertainment of, of memes that, that we've recognized keep being posted and reposted by many of you on social media. And so the team thought, well, why don't we just start right out where people are living? And they picked their three favorite memes. So let's check them out. And by the way, I haven't seen these. You're thinking, oh, he's not telling the truth. Oh, yes, Sam. I have not seen these. I don't know what they are. We just thought, hey, why don't I enjoy it as you enjoy it? And I'll experience them live and in the moment with you. So, guys, uh, what do we got? Number one, social. T- oh. <laughs> okay, that's wrong. I did not pick, I did not pick that. Super Bowl and Falcons, okay, just so you know. That was picked by them. It's funny. It's funny, but. Let's move on. Okay, number two, what do you got? Me in the Zoom meeting. <laughs> my toddler, my six. Okay, okay, I got it, I got it. What do you like best? One or two? One or two? <laughs> oh, there's so much to say right there. I got to move on. Number three, hang on. Quarantine. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> That's not right. That's not right while I'm teaching. You, I, you get it. Look at the face. I get a little more gray, uh, white in there. Well, you're jerks. That's really what I want to say to the, the guys who put this stuff together. Um, yeah. That, pick it. What's, what's your favorite? One, two, or three? What's your, just put a number up. If you're in the room with more than one of you, with your spouse, with your kids, I don't know how you're, you're doing this. One, two, or three. I'm just, I'm just going to go three. I'm sorry. That, call that self-indulgence. I get it. Day 38, fine, funny. You know, really, we're in this. <laughs> I got to let that go and move on. We're in this uh, cabin fever kind of feel with shelter in place. Don't you get a little bit of that? You just want to get out. You, you, you want to get fresh air. You want to hear get some sunshine. You want to hear the birds chirping. You, you just want to get out of the house, but we don't have to at the Myers house. No, no. At our house, with this shelter in place, we have something special. In fact, I took an iPhone video of it uh, just a couple of days ago so you could experience it with me. Now, you got to see this, but it's more important that you hear it. Okay, so, so watch it, but listen to it. It's from inside the house. You'll get the point. (laughs) 
<laughs> Did you hear it? Doesn't it sound like birds are in the house? Because they are. They're up in the chimney, and it echoes in the house. It sounds like that every morning, which sounds awesome for one morning, but not all the time. So they're, they're parked up in the chimney. It's coming down into the house. And I've already had friends say, well, why don't you just turn on the fireplace? And, and I would, but it's, it's, it's propane gas. And I can't get the gas and the guy can't get it to light. Others of you are thinking you would do that. You would roast the precious birds? No, I think it would make them fly out. Anyhow, I can't do that. So, so what do I have to do? And Marcia said, oh, honey, we need, that. we need that fixed. But I have to face this in, in order to fix it. You see that all the way up to the chimney. So everybody's got a job during coronavirus. That, that's, that's my next one. So, which means this. If you hear that I died this week, it's not coronavirus. It's, it's the chimney. Got to solve it. <laughs> oh, we're right after Easter. My, the goodness of God. Jason's already talked about it. And when you see what God's invited us to for his kingdom's sake, he reached some 70,000 people. It's crazy in our world. And a thousand, over a thousand of you saying yes to Jesus. Listen, if you're listening and you're one of the new yes to Jesus, we celebrate with you. You are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. You're in Christ. You're restored to God. You have the hope of heaven. We celebrate with you. Listen, if you've texted in and, and you haven't followed up yet on all the, the invitation, we want to help you and encourage you. Grow up in your faith. Many of us who already walk with God and know him, we're being transformed from the inside out. If you're listening today and you're not even sure you buy into this, you're spiritually unresolved. You're a little bit leaning back. I don't know. Thanks for joining. Thanks, thanks for being with us. We want to encourage you. Keep coming back. God loves you. He's inviting you to a restored relationship with him. And he would have all of us know that there's a message after Easter. Because there's something better than Jesus. I, I know, I know. That, that doesn't even sound right. Let, let, let me put it on the, on, on the screen here and ask the question, what's better than Jesus with us? Now, I, I am saying it kind of in a strange, skewed way because it was Jesus who said to his disciples, it's better for you that I go. In other words, it's better for you that I'm not with you. He's, he's physically with them. So, so he he kind of asks the question, then he gives the answer. And what's better than Jesus with us? The Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit in us. Look at what Jesus said in John chapter 16. Let's look at it together. Jesus said to his disciples, I didn't tell you this earlier because I was with you. So this is prior to his crucifixion, a crucifixion, his death, his burial, and resurrection from the dead. So prior to it, he says, I didn't, I didn't tell you this earlier because I was with you every day. Ah, but now I am on my way to the one who sent me. That's back to God the Father. No one of you, or excuse me, not one of you has asked, where are you going? Instead, the longer I've talked, the sadder you become. So let me say it again, this truth. It's better, yeah, it's better, it's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend, that is the Holy Spirit, won't come. But if I go, it means if he returns back to heaven, his rightful place, I'll send him to you. There is a message that Jesus was teaching that is post-Easter, and it's what he wants to teach us today. Let me put it on the screen. If you want unshakable peace, listen, if you want unshakable peace, 
strength, wisdom, then depend more on the Holy Spirit than your human spirit. Hey, come on. Everybody say it with me. Wherever you are in your house, say it with me. Loud, proud, all of us, let's say it out loud together. If you want unshakable peace, read it with me. Let's go. Start at the beginning. All of us reading loud and proud. If you want unshakable peace, strength, and wisdom, depend more on the Holy Spirit than your human spirit. Let's take the first half. Let's take it off the top. If you want unshakable peace, strength, and wisdom. Let's, let's talk about it a little bit because Jesus had unshakable peace. It's really quite something. Think about the conversation. Let's go back to the, let's go back to the, the crucifixion day. There was a conversation that Jesus had with Pilate, and Pilate was going to sentence him. And Pilate said, don't you realize I have the power either to free you or to crucify you? Hey, I, I have all this circumstantial external power over you, Jesus. I mean, kind of like Jesus, wake up. You're being threatened. And Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. In other words, from my heavenly father. In other words, God's in control of this, not you. Jesus was cool as a cucumber, calm under pressure. His circumstances did not redefine his internal disposition. Cool as a cucumber. That, that's the phrase that often gets used in certain circles. I, how many of you like cucumbers? I mean, just hands up. Mine's not up. I don't like cucumbers. My wife, Marsha, her hands up. I don't like the juice. I don't like the taste. I don't like the flavor. I don't want it anywhere on my stuff. But cool as a cucumber, sometimes what that really means is, is, is in, the, in the heat of a day, if you, you know, go to pick a cucumber, when you, when you grab it, even if it's outside, it, it, it's cool to your touch. Open it up, and it, sometimes it's up to 20 degrees cooler on the inside than it is the outside. Than the ambient temperature. That's who Jesus was. Cool as a cucumber. Peace under pressure. He was unshakable. How? How is that possible? How, 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 don't you wish you had that kind of peace? Just in the midst of the corona, just in the midst of moms teaching at home and, and feeling the uncertainty of, of, of how you get your kids where you want to help them get, of, of all of us in business being shut down, and, and, and what is the future? How do, and it's uncertain, and don't you wish you had the unshakable peace that Jesus had? He had unshakable strength. He, he, unshakable strength. Strength for healing, strength for endurance, strength for loving. Jesus had this, this unshakable strength to heal. We read in the book of Mark chapter 1, he, he comes across a leper. Now a leper, he's diseased. He's contagious. His body's falling apart. You Look at social distancing was happening back then. That's what everybody, social distance from the leper. And he cries out to Jesus, would you, would you help me? Would you, would you heal me? And Jesus goes up to the man and he touches him. And instead of Jesus getting the disease, the man got healed. Whew, crazy. I mean, that's unshakable strength for healing. Another time in, 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 in uh, Luke chapter 7, Jesus is walking along, comes across a funeral. It, it, it's, a, it, it's a widow whose son died. And Jesus, having compassion on her, speaks to the son and raises him from the dead. Now listen, this is why it was significant. It was not only grief. She'd already lost her husband. Now she's lost her son. But it was economic. 
Don't evaluate it. The truth in that day is simply this. She depended on her husband, and now she was going to have to depend on her son, and she lost her only son. And Jesus had compassion, and he spoke. And the young man rose up and spoke. Everybody starts praising God. They were in awe. Jesus had strength for healing. Listen, Jesus had strength for enduring. Oh, my gracious. He... When he went to the cross, he endured it. Look at this from Hebrews. Look, read it. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured. Say it with me, everybody. He what? Endured. Jesus didn't escape the cross. He didn't escape. It didn't get easy. Man, where did Jesus get this unshakable strength to endure? He did 40 days without eating in the desert. He, did, he, he endured persecution. He, he endured people turning on him. He endured the cross. He endured so many hardships. How? He had strength for healing. He had strength for endurance. Men, men, women, he, had, he had strength for loving. Remember, we talked about it last week. When he was on the cross and, and others are mocking. And... and Jesus gives mercy. Don't you wish you could love like that? That's what you want in your marriage. That's what you want in your family. You want that. You want to be that person with your siblings, with your mom and dad. You want to be that in your marriage. You want to be that in in business. You want to be that in the season. You got hardship. Don't you wish? I mean, how did Jesus have unshakable strength? And he had unshakable wisdom. I mean, there were religious leaders like the Sadducees who tried to trick him and, and, and flip his teaching. There were the, the Pharisees who tried to trap him in his teaching, and he gets all done, and he blows their minds. Where did Jesus get all this? How is it possible? Ready? Watch here. How is it possible? When I was a kid, when I was growing up, I was in church, and, and then I went to Bible school, college, I, I went to seminary. In all that experience, my conclusion was, because oh, I thought it was obvious to me, Jesus is, did this out of div- his divine power. He was God in human flesh. It teaches us, Scripture, that, that there is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God and three distinct persons. And so Jesus was never created by the Father. Jesus preexisted. He's always existed. He's God. But the second person, the Trinity, he left heaven. He came to earth and embodied a physical body. So he's God in human flesh. Now he's fully God, fully man. So how did he pull off? How did he have unshakable peace and unshakable strength and unshakable wisdom? Well, he was God. He did it out of his own divine power. I don't think that's true. I think he suspended. This is a long theological conversation we can't have, but I'll give you the conclusion. I think he suspended his divinity. He set aside access to his divine power in order, though he was fully God, to be fully man. That's why it is temptation. The temptation was to access that power. And 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 undo his ability to be our Messiah. So how did Jesus pull this off? See, he needed the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in him. His power source was not his divinity. It was the Holy Spirit in him. Why is that important? Look at Romans. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Look at it this way. You're the temple. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in, there it is again, in you. We, we don't become like Jesus on our own power. We have a supernatural source, the power of God in us. <laughs> this is so transformative. If you can 
get a hold of this. Jesus is helping us. Let's go right back to the kind of the, the driving thing he wants to know. If you want unshakable peace, come on now. If you want unshakable peace, unshakable strength, and unshakable wisdom, what do you do? What do you do? Help me. How do I become like Jesus? How, how do I live this life he's invited me to? How do I get this blessed life? Depend more on the Holy Spirit than your human spirit. <laughs> oh, this is so... This is so awakening. You've just become a Christian. How do you live like Jesus? Oh, I got to go make it happen on my own human spirit. No, you don't. You can't pull it off. You've been a Christian for years. How do you keep living like Jesus? And not just grind away back to your old life. It's not your own power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in you. you listen, if you want an unshakable peace and an unshakable strength and an unshakable wisdom, you need an unshakable power source. That's the Holy Spirit. Him in you, not because you possess God, but because he possesses you. Because everything you want is uphill. That, that, my friend and mentor, John Maxwell, he says it all the time, and I love it, I love it, I love it. I almost say it to myself every week. Probably do. Everything worthwhile is uphill. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. All of these, the quality of marriage you want is uphill. The quality of kids you want to raise is uphill. The quality of family life you want is uphill. The quality of business you want to lead is uphill. The, the, the quality of who you become is all uphill. This life you long for, you can, and, and if it's all uphill, then that's exhausting, that's difficult, that's tiring. But you can't get there on your own strength. You're too shaky, you'll fail, you'll stumble. In other words, you can't do this on human spirit pedal power on your own energy. You got to do it out of the supernatural horsepower of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? We thought we'd have a little bit of fun with that. Oh, we got to have some fun in this. So we send the guys out to Jefferson and we want to help you just get a sense of the size of this thought. So Travis, Jeremy, Timmy, crew, take it away. Wasn't rolling. Clap again <laughs> or scream or something. No, stop. It has to be seen on the camera. Can I get a clap? Sure you can. <laughs> You're welcome. Let's go. <laughs> hey, Tolstone family. We are here in the middle of Jefferson. And in the middle I've of got, nowhere. It is the middle of nowhere, the but same. it is. It's also Jefferson. Yeah. What we've got is we've got a hill. We've got some bikes. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to race up and down this hill a couple times. Well, I'm not. This Jeremy, Jeremy and Travis. Terrible are. idea. I like competition. Whoever loses gets a pie in the face. Let's see how this goes. It's a steep hill, too. It is terribly steep. OK. All right, so race one, we've got Razor Scooter versus Baby Razor Scooter. We're going to give Travis a 10 seconds. At least. Yeah. That's a three-wheeler, though. That's also an advantage. No, it's not. It's more friction. Nope. That's not how it works. Go. <laughs> go. Count slowly. No, I got to go. I got to go. Ah. Beautiful. Ah, you suck. You suck. No. Ah. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> nice race. <laughs> Done. Uh, that's that's one for Jeremy. Zero for Travis. So. Yeah. Oh! We didn't bring, we didn't bring any towels. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> I can't. This isn't working. Go, Jer. <laughs> yes. I feel like this is a bike malfunction. I blame the bike. Check out these calves. These are winner's calves right there. Look at that. All right, so last race is Beach Cruiser versus yeah. Beach Cruiser. You've got a single gear. There's no advantage. 
it's strength for strength. So, so pedals fastest. You really got to see who pedals the fastest. And you guys have a 10 second head start each. What? Which mean? doesn't make sense. Uh, but I've got a friend here who's going to help us out just a little bit. Come on. Yes. Sorry, right. we got 10 seconds. Three, two, one. Ah! Four, five, seven, eight, 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 Don't you want to give it up for the dudes? Oh, man, that's fantastic. Oh, what fun. What fun. I at least would love to throw the pie. What are we supposed to learn? Here you go. Pedal power is human spirit, and it's exhausting. Listen, you can't get up the hill to the marriage you want, to the family you want, to the business you want, to the peace you want and need. Listen, if you have to follow Jesus and live holy on your pedal power, it's exhausting. That's why a whole lot of people quit in the faith because you start out and you say yes to Jesus. And, and, and then you think you have to be like Jesus on your own power. You don't. It's exhausting. You can't get up the hill. But God didn't mean us to do this all on our own. See, pedal power is human spirit. We don't just cheer each other on. Yeah, you go. You be like Jesus on your own power. You can't do it. Horsepower is Holy Spirit. See, that's like the motorcycle, okay? That's just like it just flies up. It has a power source other than its own. That's exciting. That's what God's invited us to. That's why Jesus wants us to understand this. You're not on your own. So that's why Jesus said, remain in me. If you remain in me, I'll remain in you. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. You remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. He's just giving a quick picture. Let me just, like, like if you're a tree, apple tree, we're, we're in Georgia, peach tree, okay, whatever. Okay, so Jesus is the trunk, if you will, I don't know. Say, and then he says, like, like you're the branch, or in this sense, uh, the arm, but you're, you're the branch. And the branch is attached to the trunk. And then out here is the fruit. Well, you want the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You want this to be true of your character. You want to rise up and be, be a person who experiences the best and the blessed that God has in life. You can't do it on your own. So how does the hand, how does the fruit out here have life and strength and power and capacity? Well, it relies on the arm. If that's the branch, but it has to remain attached, it has to remain. When Jesus says remain in me, he's talking about this connection right here, like between the arm and the body. I know I'm mixing metaphors. Stay with me. I think you can get it. The branch has to remain attached to the trunk. See, if Jesus is the heart of this, then the Holy Spirit is the lifeblood. And you need to be filled with the Spirit. And you are when you say yes to Jesus. You, you be filled with the Spirit and have the lifeblood of the Holy Spirit. So if you remain attached, that lifeblood flows through you and produces a fruitfulness that is the horsepower of the Holy Spirit in you. Oh, my gracious. It's transforming. How do you practice this? Let me give, let me give you an idea. Practice one-minute prayers all throughout the day. 
practice one-minute prayers all throughout. Interrupt yourself with one-minute prayers. I'm telling you, make declarations of dependence. You just come before God as a normal part of life. You're filled with the Holy Spirit, but tap into the Holy Spirit. Just a normal part of life. And your one-minute prayers could be very much on the, the things we're talking about. Father in heaven, give me. That means a one-minute prayer. Give me peace that passes my uncertainty. You're in the midst of uncertainty. Oh, God, give me peace. You're, just any time in the moment of the day and night. You wake up in the middle of the night. You feel the weight of this corona impact. You say, God, help me. Strength that surpasses my hardship. Wisdom that wows my dilemmas. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, let's just practice this. These are declarations of dependence upon God by the power of the Holy Spirit. In any moment, in the middle of your day, in the middle of what you're facing, in this season and for the rest of your life, start putting a healthy practice of one-minute prayers in the middle of the moment, you face something like uncertainty. You say, oh, God, give me peace that passes my uncertainty. This is why. Philippians chapter 4 tells us, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, which means in every circumstance of uncertainty, stop in the middle of that moment and just offer a prayer. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You just bring that stuff to God. And the peace of God, the what? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. You're not going to get it. He's just going to give you a call. You'll be calm as a cucumber. See, it'll post guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that kind of him? When you're in the midst of uncertainty, you wake up in the middle of the night. You don't know how this economically goes forward. You don't know how the economic engine gets restarted. You don't know how you're going to travel through this with your kids. You're afraid of your kids' future, your future, and all the other things that go with us. Nobody has a real answer of, of, of how this plays out. That's okay. You don't have to understand it. You have uncertainty, but you have the Holy Spirit in you. And at any moment, uncertainty overwhelms you. Just say, oh, God, give me peace. That is powerful. Interrupt, listen, interrupt your worry with a one-minute prayer. Interrupt your worry. Holy Spirit, give me peace. Strength that surpasses my hardship. We often pray, oh God, end my hardship. I mean, we want God to take this uphill thing and just flatten it, don't we? Sometimes that's what healing is, and he does that many occasions, but it seems most often he just wants to give us strength for hardship, to endure it. And, and on our own, we feel like Travis. Let, let me go back to that piece of the video. It's just quick, but I hope you saw it. But if not, I just I want to make sure it's in your head so we know what we're talking about for strength. Go ahead, Travis. Remind us our experience. Go! <laughs> go! Count slowly! No, I gotta go. I gotta go. Ah! Oh, you suck! You suck! No! <laughs> <laughs> you get it. When he lays down, he just says, I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. That's how we often feel. That's when you pray. Interrupt your weary with a one-minute prayer anytime through the day or night. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> one of the great mistakes we make in the midst of hardship because we don't know how long this is going to go, is that we start telling ourselves, I'll endure up until this point. And we pick when the hardship is going to end. Ah, be careful. You don't know when it ends. So your prayer and your commitment internally is not to pick an end date where you snap if you still have hardship. It's to realize 
that every hardship has a shelf life. Everyone. In 82, I graduated from college. Yes, that makes me old. And we were in a recession. And I was in Michigan. It had the highest unemployment, 14.5, highest unemployment in the nation. But it passed. It had an end. It had an answer. And that's, that's true in 87 when we planned the church. And 12 days before we planned the church, we had Black Monday. And that's true with 9-11. And it had a shelf life. There's an answer. And 2007 to 2009. And we were in our highest risk here as the church opening up the, the broadcast center at the central campus. But you know what? It has a shelf life. Listen, coronavirus has a shelf life. There's an answer on the other side. Oh, dear God, give me strength to endure hardship. Strength that surpasses my hardship. That, that's what God does so kindly. So interrupt your work with a one-minute prayer. <laughs> Wisdom that wows my dilemmas. You know, COVID-19 is providing a lot of dilemmas. A lot of us, we, we don't know where this is going. Economically, we, we don't know. Seems to make us insane staying at home together. Moms, you got to solve problems with your kids and problems in, in, in being homeschool teachers. Moms or dads, husbands or wives, singles, individuals, you're, you're working on work and you're at home and, and business is being shut down. How do we go forward? It seems like just filled with dilemma in the midst of your work. In the midst of dilemmas, offer one minute prayers and say, God, give me wisdom to wow my dilemmas. And, and he does. It's what he kindly us. Listen, I've, I know I was going to preach this this week, and I had my own dilemmas. I mean, it shut down the, the church in terms of the weekend services, and I, I, how do I lead the staff? How do I take this forward? And I said, Lord, it's going to be really difficult to teach people something you're not doing for me. And, and see, I can't, I don't possess God and make him do something. I have to be in a place where, where I depend on him, and he fully possesses me, and he was so gracious. I had a 1 a.m. to 4.30 time this past week that he just, it, it was like, it was like the fog lifted, and I could see. Oh, the kindness of God. Noah Davis, our CFO, he, he was, he was, he, he's leading a, a Zoom call with business leaders. We've got a lot of small business leaders, and, and we have people own companies. We have people large, leading large companies, and he's just, he's just in the middle of these conversations with them, and, 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 and I heard about the scripture he read through. Let me, let me read through it. It's just inspiring wherever you are in business facing dilemmas, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, and as he's reading that scripture. He, he then flips it, connects it to Hebrews. He said, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. In other words, let's pray. In light of your dilemmas, let's pray so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We're in time of need. God, give me wisdom. Help me see opportunity in business I could never see without you. God, help me understand that right now there's opportunities in the midst of dilemmas that if you would help me see and lift the fog, this would not be down. Ultimately, this would turn up. I got to see into life, but I need supernatural wisdom. Them. You know, one, one of the guys he prayed over as small business, he, a couple days later, he sent this to Norwood. And I just want you to see his Facebook post back to Norwood. Hey, Norwood, I wanted to let you know that God hears prayers and he has heard yours. With so many people struggling and hurting right now, I feel guilty saying it. But since you prayed, my phone has not stopped ringing. I've been on the phone for seven hours straight today, taking calls and not just routine calls, but major repairs. <laughs> my uncle Clarence laughed. Because he knows I'm working double time. And he said, we're tithers. 
And we're under God's economy. Hey, this week will probably go down as one of our greatest gross earning weeks this year. Horsepower. He gets up the hills. All of us are in the middle of uncertainty at some level. All of us. And we got hardship. Maybe more to come. We don't know how much. And we all feel the weight of dilemma. But we don't all have unshakable peace. We don't all have unshakable strength or unshakable wisdom. And I want to pray over you. Bow your heads with me, will you? Let me pray. Oh, gracious God, would you freshly fill us by the power of your spirit? Right now for all who would receive it. And God, I pray for each one that you might grant them peace that surpasses their uncertainty. God, would you give them strength that passes their hardship? Just helps them pass through it and walk through it. Would you give them wisdom? Gracious God, wisdom that would just cause us to say, wow, in the midst of our dilemma. Do this for us in Christ's name. Amen. Yes, God, you're still worthy. So lift our song. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. And I raise a hallelujah.
Hey, 12 Stone, thanks for tuning in with us today. I still have pie all in my face. But anyway, we're glad that you were here uh, with us, worshiping with us. And hey, one of the ways that we worship is through our tithes and our offerings. And if you're a 12 Stone or you call 12 Stone home, you are a generous church. We're so thankful for you guys. And the way you give yourself away, an easy way to give is through a text message. That's right, you can just text give to 37748. We're gonna leave that up for a little bit if you want to do that and continue worshiping that way, hey, a couple other things we want to let you guys know. Obviously, devotionals are continuing to go. We had a really cool uh, student devotional this last week with a Zoom call with David Gray and a couple students. We're going to keep engaging with you guys, students on Wednesday nights, and then family devotionals Monday through Friday. Continue to tune in with that. And also, we also see that you guys are sharing worship experiences online by sharing a YouTube clip with your friends on Facebook, on Instagram. And we just want to say thank you. You guys are uh, the church in action right now sharing worship experiences with people that maybe are far from God. And so we just want to say, hey, that's awesome. Keep it up. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Take care. I'm going to go wash my face.